Whoever appeals to the law against his fellow man is either a fool or a coward. Whoever cannot take care of himself without that law is both. For a wounded man shall say to his assailant, If I live, I will kill you. If I die, you are forgiven. Such is the rule of honor. Greetings. Hello, podcast and individual thinkers. Welcome back to Liberty Light News. I'm your host, Abel Savios. For today's episode, we will be going over the Paris climate with the crisis and riots over there and how this ties into the border down here. Donald Trump's Mueller investigation and tweets with POTUS's new Attorney General picks, UN Ambassador pick, and Chief of Staff picks. And we will have a special guest for later's podcast, so stay tuned for that. Some of you may know him as the infamous Henry Davis, folks, so stay tuned for that. Conservative podcaster, entertainer, very uh, well-spoken individual. So with that being said, if we may... We have the Mueller accusations today coming out from Washington, NBC, ABC News, excuse me. Mueller accuses Paul Manafort, Mueller accuses Paul Manafort of lying about his contact with the Trump official administration. Washington prosecutors with Robert Mueller's special counsel investigation revealed in a court filing on Friday evening that Paul Manafort had lied to them about several contacts he had with senior Trump administration officials while he was under indictment. Quote, the evidence demonstrates the Manafort lied about contacts, end quote. The prosecutor wrote, Quote, the evidence demonstrates that Manafort had contact with administration officials, end quote. In September, Manafort, the former chairman of President Trump's campaign, pled guilty to multiple charges, including making false statements about lobbying, work he did for the government of former UK President Viktor Yankshavak, and filing false reports to conceal money he had made in those efforts. Manafort also admitted to obstructing justice by attempting to influence witnesses' testimony in his case. As part of his plea deal, Manafort agreed to cooperate with Mueller's probe into whether campaign cooperated with the Russian interference of 2016 presidential elections. However, last month, Mueller announced that Manafort had violated the terms of that deal. Friday, filing submitted to backup prosecuting attorneys assertions of Manafort's breach the plea agreement. The revelations of contracts between Manafort and serving administration officials appears to undercut past statements by the president and his administration that sought to put distance between the White House and the prosecuting of Manafort and Gates. Quote, I don't have anything to do with this, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said at a press briefing afternoon Manafort's first indictment. Sanders made a similar argument in the past statements responding in the court filings on Friday evening. She quoted, The government filing Mr. Manafort's case absolutely nothing about this president has nothing to absolutely do with this president. It says even less about collusion and is devoted almost entirely for lobbying-related issues. Once again, the media is trying to create a story where there isn't one, end quote, Sanders said. 
Despite Sanders' statement, the document included a section extensively detailing Manafort's contact with the Trump administration. So here's the whole little shabil that they're trying to write. They got a long story, right? And then they did this, and then they did that, and then, and then, and then they got caught with this, and they got caught with that. Here's the thing that everybody's talking about, everybody's concerned about, us regular folk, is it's been two and a half years the investigation has been dragged out. Now, within two and a half years, how is it that there is no charges or anything still except speculations, mind you? These are all speculations still. There is no physical proof because if there was, we would hear MSNBC, CNN nailing the, the, the nail with the hammer on that one. And everybody would have a senses, a collective senses of, okay, well, Donald Trump had done that. I guess we could all agree upon that. And where do we go from there? Some people believe impeachment. Some people don't. Some people believe this is still a witch hunt. We don't know. You're still proven until innocent, until guilty, excuse me. So Donald Trump had came out today with some tweets correlating to the Mueller investigation about an hour ago. In his tweets, he says, this, coll this collusion illusion, there is no smoking gun here. At the late date, after all that we have gone through, after millions have been spent, we have no Russian collusion. There is nothing impeachable here. At Gerard <laughs> Rivera <laughs> from Fox News. <laughs> Time for the witch hunt to end. Wow. So I don't know why he called out Gerard <laughs> Rivera, but that's funny. <laughs> oh, he is a little snake, though. He works for Fox News. Fox News isn't even perfect neither, folks. Oh, man. So he had a lot on his mind. And then he's talking about how he's grateful for these incredible men that have served our country. He's talking about the individual men and women that are at the borders and all across the world. And <laughs> that's good. We have to show them love. We have to show them care. But the fireworks are starting to happen. This is 24 hours later. The indictments are starting to come. Former uh, uh, James Comey had testified today. He got bombarded. If you folks didn't see on the news, he got bombarded by the media press, the news press, the mainstream media. When he got out of uh, the closed door hearings, they were waiting for him at every single entrance exit he could not escape they were bombarding him and i'll just play a clip of what he had to say and his facial expressions are classic he doesn't look like he's having a good time I can't yep. okay yeah, here uh, is former FBI Director James Comey talking back, to reporters after his meeting. To come back on the 17th after a full day of questioning. Uh, two things are clear to me. One, we could have done this in open come setting. Back. And two, when you read the transcript, you will see that we are talking again about Hillary Clinton's emails, for heaven's sake. So I'm not sure we need to do this at all. He said we could have done this in open setting. Mind you, uh, as I've covered his testimony hearings in the Senate Intel Committee hearings, uh, 
when he was with General Mike Rogers of the NSA, he as well as Mike Rogers, since it was an open setting, folks, they could not answer the questions due to it being set in a public format. And the excuse was it would go against national security protocol. So I want you to catch that because when you hear the rest of this interview, he's going to be saying the same thing that he is saying now. He can't answer those questions. So why would he emphasize that he could have been, it should have been, on uh, open format, open hearing? All, but I'm trying to respect the institution and to answer questions in a respectful way. You'll see I did that in the transcript. You'll see that if you get a transcript of my return visit, which I think will be a week after next. And then this will be over. Is there any chance that you the new attorney general nominee served as attorney general the last time. Do you have confidence that he can act with impartiality if he's confirmed to this new post? I like and respect Bill Barr. I know he's an institutionalist who cares deeply about the integrity of the Justice Department. So I'm sure he'll use the standard career resources he has to judge what he should be involved in and what he shouldn't be involved in. But Bill Barr is a is a talented person who was a good attorney general the first time. I liked him very much then. I think he'll serve the Justice Department well. But there's really a question about whether he should recuse himself from the board. Yeah, and, he'll, and I'm sure he'll talk to the career officials about how to handle that. How extensively have you cooperated with the Mueller investigation at this point? That's I can't talk about that. Have you talked? Here we go. Can't talk about that. There's number one. Director Comey. Yeah, Comey. How many times have you spoken? I can't talk about that. That's number two. I mean, I could, but I won't. I'm sorry. I could have, but I could The Republicans came out and said that a government lawyer sort of ran interference and shut down specific lines of questioning. Did that happen? And if so, what topics were not discussed? Why don't you read the transcript, and I think you will not see that happening. Same end. I mean, are there specific topics that you still feel like you can't discuss from your time as FBI director, and you've been out the door for a year and a half now? What can't you answer? Well, the FBI, for understandable reasons, doesn't want me talking about the details of the investigation that is still ongoing. It began when I was FBI director, and so it makes sense that they don't want me going into those details, but that's a very teeny part of what we talked about today, a whole lot of Hillary Clinton's emails, which will bore you. You said you, you're okay with that the next time, next time the hearing will be public? Is there any talk of that? There wasn't any talk of it. I think they want to do it the same way. I wish it were going to be public, uh, but I think we're going to have to do it the same way again. You said you were okay with the bar nomination itself. Were you, did you have any concerns about the firing of Jeff Sessions and the president? continually going after Judge Sessions for not recusing himself from the Mueller investigation. I think the president's attacks on the Justice Department broadly and the FBI are something that no matter what political party you're in, you should find deeply troubling and continue to speak out about, not become numb. Did you catch that? He said you should find the president going after the Department of Justice deeply troubling. Now, if we understand how government works, we understand there's a reason why there's an executive branch, a president. It oversucceeds some of these uh, uh, deep statists that have been in there for so long. That's what a president is to do. A president is to be a check and a balance within itself. So this is not the first president, Donald Trump, that has fired Department of Justices, rearranged people, put them in different positions, uh, had them sign over their uh, letter of uh, resignation, resignation, excuse me, um, 
this is not a normal. So he is playing safe when he's talking about he's talking about the uh, main speaking points, and he's very slick. He's the he's 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 slick. I'm telling you, James Comey. But his facial expressions give him away. So you guys should check out that on CNN, the video about that. To attacks on the rule of law, but with the firing of Sessions specifically, did you have that's not something on? I can comment on. That's three. Can I ask you a question yep. on, on FISA abuse? It's a major issue for the Republicans. Did you have total confidence in the dossier when you used it to secure a surveillance warrant and also in the subsequent renewals? I have total confidence that the FISA process was followed and that the entire case was handled in a thoughtful, responsible way by DOJ and the FBI. I think the notion that FISA was abused here is nonsense. As a private citizen, how do you think Bob Mueller's investigation? FISA was not abused, but he was the one that signed off on it before FISA could to have it certified by the FBI to then come with the FISA warrant. That's the whole scandal behind James Comey Russian probe. Was the deep state a part of this? James Comey FBI, uh, some of maybe uh, the Obama administration. Slick, slick, slick guy over here, huh? As a private citizen, as someone who knows the justice system, I see it proceeding incredibly quickly and very, very professionally. The most important indication of that is you don't know anything about it except when he files something in court, and that's the way it should be. Are you prepared to return next year when Democrats regain control of Congress to testify perhaps on the questions of obstruction of justice in an impeachment case? I always want to respect the institution of Congress. I'd love it if they didn't want me to testify, but if they want me to testify and we can do it in a responsible way, I, I will abide it. So we'll see what happens. Do you know anything about Rod Rosenstein wearing a wire? Did that ever come up in any of your discussions when you were there? Yeah, I can't comment on that. All right, all. Enjoy your weekend. That's four. So I don't know if you caught that before uh, he couldn't answer on the other one. He only answered about five questions out of the nine that was thrown at him but they asked him would you testify when the house democrats take over in 2019 his response was quote i would not like to but if i have to i would like it to be done in a responsible way i wouldn't like to why wouldn't you like to do that you don't like the pressure james comey you don't like the heat? Stay out the kitchen. You're the one that wrote a book. <laughs> Everybody's asking you the questions. You were the FBI director. This started the Russian probe with the FBI. Who do you think starts investigation probes? Federal Bureau of Investigations. Who do you think Donald Trump was? He was running for a government position. What does the Federal Bureau of Investigations do? They oversee, succeed or oversight some of these people. Sometimes they have investigations on them. So that was very interesting. His facial expressions were classic. He was red in the face um, multiple times. And he couldn't answer a lot of questions, but he would love... He would have loved to have it in a public setting hearing. As such, when he did, he couldn't answer more than half of the questions in a five-hour Senate Intel Committee hearing due to, quote-unquote, secure, national security uh, reasons. Mind you, the Senate Intel Committee hearing already had the information. They wanted to catch him on record with that information, 
even though they knew the answer, but they couldn't because it was it was held in an open hearing. So that's why it was vital for yesterday's hearing to be behind closed doors. Everybody has a security clearance in the Senate Intel Committee hearing. You have to. You're working with top secret information, classified information, uh, information that could be detrimental to the government, the the, the republic itself, the democracy. Um, so it was interesting. It was interesting because we didn't know what happened, what questions were being asked or what were being answered. But his facial expressions, when the mainstream media mobbed him down, <laughs> was classic. So former White House Bush Attorney General William Barr is leading candidate to lead the Justice Department. We had spoken about this yesterday. Uh, they were asking James Comey right now, the media, what they thought about him. Of course, he gave the cliche answer. He's playing it safe. Good old boy. So Washington, William Barr, who serves as Attorney General under President George H.W. Bush, may soon return to the role. Barr is leading candidate to become President Donald Trump's replacement for ousted Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Two administration officials and persons familiar with the decision told USA Today on Thursday that they cautioned that this would be the final decision that they have made, but it is possible such an announcement could and matter of day it could come in a matter of days according to the washington post which first reported the story administration officials expected republicans and democrats to be comfortable with Barr because of his experience this is what I, this is what it mentioned that the the democrats are comfortable with this he might be a deep status we have to keep our eyes peeled the personal family with Barr candidacy said the former attorney general has had recent discussions with the White House counsel officials about the post. Asked whether Barr had any reservations about serving as president who had been so cru critical of the Justice Department and former attorney general Jeff Sessions, the person said Barr expressed, quote, no hesitation, end quote, about taking on the task. During the 2016 presidential race, Barr had been supporter of the former Florida government of Jeb Bush, but supported Trump's following his nomination. Trump's intern replacement for Sessions, Matt Matthew Whitaker, has been denounced as unqualified as his appointment has been called unconstitutional, quote, unconstitutional by the Democrats and some of the president's conservative critics. Whitaker took over as acting attorney general last month after Sessions was abruptly fired on election after election day. Uh, that's a miss falsehood. He wasn't fired. He gave in his letter of resignation, but he was forced to, I guess. So it's all in the wording, huh? Whitaker has previously been critical of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into the Russian meddling of 2016 elections. Opponents of his... Opponents of his appointment have claimed Trump selected Whitaker to derail Mueller's investigation, but that doesn't mean Barr wouldn't face opponents. Some Trump critics have raised questions about Barr, citing his own criticism of the Russia collusion, investigating, and his defense of Trump calls for investigation of Democrats. They also noted that Barr ran into the Justice Department at a time that the President George H.W. Bush pardoned officials in the Iran-Contra affair. 
In July 2017, Bard told the Post that he thought Mueller should have greater ideological balance on his team. Additionally, in May 2017, op-ed, he said Trump had the right decision when he fired FBI Director James Comey, who had been charged with leading the Russian probe. He also said that there's no reason to investigate Hillary Clinton's role in the 2010 Uranium One deal, then the possibility of collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. The New York Times reported in 2017. So he's playing both sides of the field. He's being neutral. He says, don't investigate the 2010 uranium deal with Hillary Clinton, Loretta Lynch, Eric Holder, Barack Obama, Moeller, Moeller, <laughs> and don't uh, have an investigation when it comes to quote-unquote collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. This was from New York Times reporting in 2017. Quote, if the nominee... He will deserve a rigorous vetting by the Senate, end quote, said Norma Izen, who chairs the organization Citizens for Responsibility of Ethics in Washington. Crew, quote, has advanced the bizarre ideas that Hillary Clinton's role into the Uranium One deal is more worthy of investigation than Trump-Russia collusion. That is nonsense. This is from the New York. Ezen added, Quote, he had involved in questionable pardons by Bush that may be a precedent even more illegitimate by Donald Trump if he gets one. So, everybody's bunkered in. Everybody has their ammunition. Everybody knows the next step. Everybody is not wanting to budge ground. Donald Trump shuffling these people around is throwing off the deep status that may have thought they had control over Sessions, control maybe over Whitaker. They put on a show, dance, a pony show, dog and dance over there with Michael Whitaker. But maybe he was lined up just in case Jeff Sessions was to be relieved of his position. So Donald Trump is satisfied. The Democrats, bizarrely, are satisfied with uh, the new appointment of Attorney General William Barr. So I told you this yesterday. We have to keep an eye on it. If the Democrats try to ring this guy, that's a good thing. That means he's probably a true patriot. If the Democrats just turn a blind eye and pretend nothing happened while uh, Donald Trump appoints General William Barr... Um, this may be something we have to be concerned about. Donald Trump should be concerned about it. He should actually catch that. So we'll see what happens with that. Trump picks General Mark Milley as next top military advisor. I don't know if a lot of you heard, but uh, my last podcast I had mentioned that Donald Trump and General John McKelly have not been on speaking terms for the last two weeks, um, ever since the midterm elections. Donald Trump looks like he's ready to replace him, like as such he did Rex Tillerson. So Donald Trump has a new pick, Army Chief of Staff, as top military advisor. Washington AP 
President Trump announces Saturday that he will pick a battle-hardened commander who oversaw troops in Iraq and in Afghanistan to be the next national top military advisor. If confirmed by Senate, General Mark Milley, who has been Chief of Army since 2015, would succeed Marine General Joseph Dunford as Chairman of the Chief Joint Staff Dunford. Terms does, doesn't end until October 1st, Trump said, date of trans, transition to be, quote, determined. I believe this is going to be John McKelly's replacement. Trump used the earlier morning tweet to reveal his choice, quote, I am thankful for both of these incredible men and their service to our country, end quote, he said. Dunford is a former commander of the Marine Corps, commandant and commander of the former Marine Corps, correlation troops in Afghanistan, mildly commanded troops during several tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Dunford's spokesman, Colin Patrick Ryder said in addition that the Dunfords will serve his full term. Ryder referred to the questions to the White House. He said Dunford congratulated Miley on his nomination. Quote, he has served with General Miley in peacetime in combat and has the highest regard of his leadership. End quote. Senator Lindsey Graham a member of Senate Armed Service Committee said in a statement that Miley was, quote, a battle-tested commander and Pentagon reform who will be worthy, who will be a worthy successor, end quote, to Dunford. That committee would consider a joint chief nomination. So the Pentagon is going through a lot of changes, folks. These are all the Pentagon head hogs in there. The Pentagon is a deep... <laughs> Deep Swamp, everybody's been talking about for a while, too. It starts with that, the national security, the Pentagon. Pentagon is one of the prized jewels of America's security. The chairman of the House Armed Services Committee praised Miley for his, quote, direct insight military assessment based upon his intelligence of years experience, end quote. Rep. Mark Thornberry Republican Texas representative also noted that the Joint Chief Staff Chairman Service Congress, as well as the President and Defense Secretary. So he's great. Trump's decision announced before leaving Washington for the annual Army Navy football game in Philadelphia had caught some into the Pentagon by surprise. When unofficial word spread Friday after he had tweeted that a succession announcement was in the coming. Normally, announcement of the new chairman wouldn't be expected until early next year. Officials said that the Air Force Chief, General David Gunfin, was also a strong contender for the job. So it's still uh, contested, still up for debate. So we got some, we got some, we got some high-ranking people that are moving. I told you this uh, when I had mentioned it that there is going to be a lot of changes to happen, and we're going to start seeing a lot of this happen around April, July. And it looks like we're on fa uh, fast track to even surpass April, July. Donald Trump is moving quick. The media can't keep up with him. Us news analysts, analyzers, we cannot keep up with him. Closer legal... Perel for Trump and probes. He sees no collusion. Trump, Washington AP.
Donald Trump's former lawyer, Micah Cohen, which we have been talking about, was in touch as far back as 2015 as to the Russians, who offered, quote, political syringe, end quote. Who knows what that means? Uh, they're going to have a spy operative? I don't know. With the Trump election campaign and proposed a meeting between the candidate and Russia, President Vladimir Putin, which is unsourced still, because they were talking about how Donald Trump was trying to have a hotel in Ukraine, but Don, uh, excuse me, uh, Prime Minister President Vladimir Putin did not have control over Ukraine and still officially doesn't have control over Ukraine. If many of you don't remember, in 2013, during the Obama administration, um, Obama had let the Kremlin, as they call him, oversucceed Ukraine. Now, America or the UN did not have any interventions. We tried to get in there with the whole false Syrian gas attacks, which the United Nations came out with their battle assessment report and told our president at the time, Barack Obama, to cool his jets and that there was no proof that Assad had gassed his own people. Now, this would have got us closer to the Ukraine conflict to uh, get us in strategic area, territorial area. But at the same time, that didn't happen. Obama was weak. The United Nations controlled uh, the final decisions with the battle assessment report. But at the same time, there wasn't enough proof that Assad had gassed his own people. So I was totally for that. Now, fast forward to 2016 when uh, Assad had supposedly gassed his people. Donald Trump had sent 59 Tomahawk missiles at the Air Force base that the Russians were under control of at the time to destroy that airfield base. So it's been very controversial when it comes to the Ukraine, when it comes to Syria. A lot of folks don't understand there's a big, big, big pipeline that goes through there, through Syria, through Ukraine. And the, the ironic part of it is, is it's owned by China. The pipeline was built and own, is owned by China. Now, China has some investments, interest on it, but it's technically under Russia's, Russia's control. China and Russia have a decent relationship. A lot of people don't talk about this. China buys most of its arms, military arms, from Russia. Russia is a big producer of jets, uh, tanks, guns, grenades. They are a competitor with America when it comes to uh, uh, Lockheed Martin and all these Boeing companies that we have that produce military-grade equipment, GE, all these places. So this is interesting as to how they're talking about Donald Trump having ties with Vladimir Putin in 2015, maybe, due to Cohen saying that Donald Trump was trying to have maybe a hotel, a uh, Donald Trump tower of sorts. But the, 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 the part that they don't mention in here is that it was going to be in Ukraine, Ukraine is its own sovereign nation until 2013 and still is. It's not fully under Vladimir Putin's control, even though the people, the government are still uh, Ukrainian. 
it's still a transition, almost like how Brexit is happening with the UK and EU. They're still a country, but they're separated. But vice versa, when it comes to Ukraine and Russia, they're slowly coming together, but they're separated. When it comes to UK, UK is separating from the EU. So we need to keep our eyes out on the wording because a lot of people don't even know their geographical areas, which is very important. The filing in a case involved Cohen, a former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, capped a dramatic week of revelations in Mueller's probe into possible coordinations between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin. They bring the legal parallel of multiple investigations closer to ever with Trump, trying him and illegally hush money paying schemes and contradicting his claims that he had nothing to do with Russia. Well, he was trying to put a hotel in Ukraine, so that does make sense. Trump was undeterred, tweeted earlier Saturday this morning, after two years and millions of pages of documents I have handed over and the cost of $30 million, still no collusion, end quote, what he tweeted. A court document make made earlier showed how witnesses previously close to Trump and Cohen once declared he had, quote, taken a bullet, end quote, for the president, have since provided damaging information about him and his efforts to come clean in the government, and in some cases get lighter prison sentences. Now, a lot of people have been talking about how Cohen uh, got caught under the Mueller investigation of embezzling $16 million, $16 million. And the Democrats actually might be onto something. I did some research. I have a theory. I'm not a hundred percent sure on it, but Donald Trump might actually get a little hemmed up on this. And this is my theory. Cohen had a Taxi cab services where he had gotten caught laundering $16 million worth of money. This is where the Mueller investigation came in and threatened Cohen with 25 to 35 years in prison for laundering $16 million through his taxi cab company. New York is pretty dirty. We all know that. Movies are made out of this. This is nothing new. Now Cohen is in the limelight. So, when I was thinking about this, Cohen was working for Trump, yes, because he was his lawyer. He helped a part of the, pan part of the campaign, yes, because that's where Mueller's coming at. Now, here's where I don't think the, the mainstream media is put connecting the dots. Now, the Democrats might have an idea because they have been requesting for Donald Trump's tax returns. Hear me out, folks. Donald Trump's tax returns. Yes, they sound simplistic. It means nothing. Who cares about his tax returns, okay? The Democrats do. Why? Because they already got Michael Cohen hemmed up. Michael Cohen used to work for Donald Trump as his lawyer. And maybe, here's where I'm coming to the conclusion, since Donald Trump has all these hotels, all these properties, all around New York, Boston, New Jersey, you know, Donald Trump has a lot of property everywhere. Maybe he was making some side deals, simple side deals, not big side deals, just simple side deals. Cohen 
You want to provide a taxi service to my uh, uh, residents, to my customers, and it, we could tie it into a bundle deal of the Trump Tower. We have taxi services provided thanks to the Michael Cohen taxi corp, you know, business entity. And they're going to try, maybe, is what it's looking like, to try to show that Michael Cohen was embezzling $16 million dollars. Michael Cohen and Donald Trump were teammates until the 2016 election where Mueller has been now trying to tie Mueller, Trump, Russia, the Kremlin together. And it might be that when the Democrats get into office in 2019, January 3rd, 2019, when it comes to the House, they're going to have subpoena powering. And they might try to subpoena Donald Trump's tax, uh, income tax ch checks from the IRS in 2013, 14, 15, 16. They could probably get a whole decade if they really wanted to. Um, this is where we're going to start seeing the battle. Um, Republicans have control over the three branches of government, chambers. And it's going to be... It's going to be a bloody war. It really is. Does Donald Trump have um, an ace up his sleeve when it comes to uh, declassifying some of this information? When it comes to this uh, illusion delusion is what Donald Trump uh, dubs it. Um, who knows? But we know he has the power to. He could declassify all of this. That the Senate Intel Committee hearing, um, Devin Nunez... The hair chairman, um, Trey Gowdy, Jim Jordan. A lot of these folks have been saying, we know what's in the documents. And it would be beneficial if President Donald Trump had declassified this information. It would help his case. They say it would help the president's case. The million dollar question is, the $30 billion question <laughs> Since it's been $30 million into this investigation, the $30 million question is, is why hasn't Donald Trump released the, the um, Senate Intel Committee? Why hasn't he declassified it? And maybe, and a lot of people are saying, as such, Liberty Light News, that that may be his ace up his sleeve. So we'll be staying tuned on that. It's getting very heated. I had mentioned in the next 72 hours, we're going to start seeing some fireworks. So, last but not least, French Yellow Vest protesters tear gas in violent clash with riot police in Paris. Just an hour ago, Paris heavily armed French police deployed tear gas and stun grenades against an army of yellow-vested gathering in central Paris demanding Emmanuel Macron head. They were, they've been, I don't know if you guys have been following this, but they have been putting gauntlets around Paris <laughs> and they have been wanting Macron's head on a platter 
Up to 5,000 demonstrators gathered in the center of Paris Saturday morning where they were met by some 8,000 police. Wow, I thought it was going to be 6,500, so they bumped it up another 1,500. And uh, if you haven't been watching the live footage on RT or on uh, Fox or CNN, which they're not carrying a lot of, but even YouTube, you can find this live. They had police officers come in out of Paris because the people and uh, police officers and the paramedics of Paris and France, they have went on strike. Nobody's talking about this in the media. They went on strike. They they protested against Macron in front of their uh, embassy over there, excuse me, their capital. And they had to bring in some 8,000 police officers. How do I know they're not French? When you watch the live video uh, that's happening, because they're still rioting until late in the night. They riot in the morning, they riot late at night, and then dead in the night, everybody gets their sleep and it's back again. This has been happening for the last week. So Macron called a state of emergency four days ago. Within those four days, they have shipped in 8,000 police officers and at least 12 armored vehicles. More than 700 people have been arrested. Well, the thing about it is, is these police officers, some people are believing that they're UN, that they're the UN, that they have been brought in. And they're, if you look at their police vests, they're white hats, UN officials. Uh, obviously I don't speak French, but at the same time, I do have a good memory. The police in Paris are called policias. <laughs> so when you look at their vest, it's spelled in English, straight police. So these are not French police officers. They were firing tear gases like military style. The whole downtown was just filled with tear gas. It was insane today this morning quote we are not here to destroy paris we are here to tell macron we are fucking fed up end quote said one protester before the clashes with the police began adding that the people are protesting ever increasingly on the taxes of the working class french police warned riot gear tried to stop and search protesters entering the champs Elise, but such efforts were eventually abandoned with the flow of thousands of demonstrators. The people are out powering the government. Police deployed tear gas and stun grenades after getting co uh, cornered with some irrigations starting to throw plastic bottles. Water cannons were used near the Arc of the Triumph of Paris, which the safeguard this week after protested, protesters defaced it and during the previous weekends. So they're, they're tired of everything with Paris. The symbolism, the, the rule, the laws, the taxations. Some protesters were even seen throwing rocks, glass bottles at police officers, uh, sparking and continuing flow of tear gas to contain the crowd. At least one business building was breached with uh, wooden through a wooden wall plank aimed at protesters in the business and smashing windows. Protesters wearing all black began looting after storming a, a phone cellar. But yellow vest, fearing the image of widespread destructions and looting, confronted the criminals, telling them to stop. 
So this is why now we understand there's a difference between the people that are wearing the yellow vest and or just in black attire. One individual used mace spray through it's unclear if it was used on a looter. At least one looter was also pinned down on the floor and kicked for breaching the store. Yeah, they haven't been looting. They have been destroying a few cars and a little bit of trash can properties, poles, but they haven't been looting. And I guess this is explains why they are wearing yellow vest. What this indicates is is that this is a controlled protest. This is an organized protest. The people were so fed up, they organized it. Everybody was in awe when they saw on camera all these people running around in yellow, bright yellow vest. Everybody was like, what? What is, what is this? Now we understand why. Protesters threw back tear gas at the police only to escalate the clashes even more. Many protesters slammed the French media for portraying the protesters as led by the violent and or unlawful citizens and for siding with the Macron government. So the people are at a hiss with each other. But what we do know is the people, they have many views. There has been uh, people that have been going down there. They have an 18% approval rating in Paris for Macron. So the man has been talking about, well, it's looking like in the news that they're going to replace Macron and they're going to put a government official in, a military government official general is the word on the street. There is no news sources that have been coming out, but if you watch the live feed, uh, that I've been mentioning that you can find on YouTube or at my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash capital O capital D channel. Uh, you could get some updates on that. But it was led by... They're, they're trying to get Macron overthrown. They're upset with the gas price tax. They're upset that they have been... had no voice until now. So it's getting pretty heated, a little violent... Of course, quote, we are not black block, clack anarchists is what they say. We are ordinary people voicing our anger, said a protester who did not want to be identified. President Trump, meanwhile, twisted the knife, tweeting earlier today, an hour and a half ago this morning, quote, the Paris agreement isn't working out so well for Paris. Protesters and riots all over France. Quote, people do not want to pay large sums of money, much to the third world countries that are questionably run in order to maybe protect the environment. Chanting, quote, we want Trump. We love France. Trump tweeted. <laughs> oh, I know it sounds crazy because Trump is tooting his own horn. But at the same time. The people are protesting, and it is organic, them protesting. The Paris Agreement Climate Accord. The Democrats over here and the social, liberal, social liberalists in America, they were pissed off. They thought the world's going to heat, global warming's going to happen, Al Gore's right, one world government tax, because it will be a global tax. That's what the Paris Agreement. Climate Accord was, 
it was going to be the first official global tax that was going to be oversighted through the United Nations. Through the United Nations. A lot of us Americans know this, but a lot of the social democratic Americans in America do not know the fine print that was a part of that. But it looks like, good news, in Paris, France, they too are fed up with the Paris Agreement Accord that Macron still tried to implement a week ago when it came to the new carbon tax. And they had gas prices at $8.20 something cents, 23 cents per gallon. That would be $7 our money is what it breaks down to. It is crazy. Shops and tourist destinations, including the Eiffel Tower, were closed. And soccer matches were canceled as authorities look to maintain order. Yeah, they, they have riots over there when soccer matches loses. And they get pretty wild. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to have any competition. <laughs> Everybody's full of piss and vinegar anyways. The U.S. Embassy requested that America and French capital... Quote, keep a low profile and avoid crowds, the report said, the U.S. ambassador. So, yeah, there's some video down here, but they haven't been looting or rioting. They've destroyed a few cars. They pushed some trash cans around and they pushed the police back. But it looks like they're trying to be pretty civil about it, even though there's a lot of fractions. There's a lot of different views, opinions. That's why I'm telling you, go check it out at the YouTube channel or just get on YouTube and you can find it on there live. I've been going through RT. They carry that pretty well down there. So if you guys liked any of my stuff that we went over today, please take a like, please share. Um, stay tuned for tomorrow's podcast as well. We'll have the infamous Henry Davis conservative analog commentary and i like to call him a comedian i think he's a funny gentleman but he might not call himself a comedian but infamous henry davis will be on later next podcast so we'll be going over um his organization we'll be going over uh how he feels as a black conservative when it comes to the border crisis here in america um i'll be asking him maybe what he thinks about the paris um riots uh, he's been doing a lot of project work in his urban community, so stay tuned for that. We all need to come together. We all need to voice together. Um, so thanks for staying tuned. Thanks for staying and tuning in to Liberty Light News, and I'll see you guys on the flip side.